0: Well, good morning, Orchard Church. How are we today? Good morning. morning. Hey, turn with me in your Bible or on your mobile device to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew, it's the first book in your New Testament. Chapter 28 is the last chapter in that book, and uh, we're going to start there today. But um, you probably have noticed that uh, I'm not Pastor Doug, right? And the reason that I'm up here today and Pastor Doug isn't is Pastor Doug and Shelly are in Peru, Nebraska, Peru, Nebraska. (laughs) Nebraska. Not nearly as cool as the other one. So the reason they're in Peru, Nebraska, is because there is an uh, outfielder on the Peru State Bobcats named Caleb Dameron. So they are there watching Caleb play some college baseball today. It was the only day on their, on, only weekend on the schedule that they could get there to watch a home game this year, so they took advantage of that. So um, they are not in Peru, they're in Peru, Nebraska, so be praying for them to not be bored to death. No, I'm kidding. Um, for those who don't know me, my name is Ryan Dickinson. I'm the executive pastor here at Orchard Church. I'm a little bit new to staff, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to week one of our two-part mini-series called Me to Three. Me to Three. Just by a show of hands, how many of you have ever felt like God might be telling you something, but you're not sure? You get that thought or feeling in your heart? Yeah, absolutely. That happens to me all the time. I've got a particular story I can share with you regarding that in my life. Um, several years ago, Sarah and I, we, uh, we had a little house in Lock Bowie that we held on to as a rental um, when we lived in Reunion, and we rented that house out, but uh, our renters decided they wanted to go buy a home of their own, so we put that house on the market uh, to sell it. And we're going through the process with the, the buyer, and we're under contract, and we're in the inspection phase of the process. And it's one of those, it's December, it's winter time, but it's one of those winters in Colorado, like they all are, where it's warm on one day and cold on the next, except this winter. It's warm every day, it seems like. Warm on one day, cold on the next. So I remember, specifically, they came out and did the inspection. It was a pretty warm day for December. And then the next day, there was a cold front that came through, and it's ice, and it's snow, and, and all of those things, and it's cold. And I'm driving home from Westminster, that's where I worked at the time, to, to reunion one night. And, It's one of those, it's 20 miles an hour, Um, and I've been on the road for almost an hour already just trying to get home, and I get this thought that just comes into my head that says, you need to go check on the Lock Buoy house. You need to go check on the Lock Buoy house. And me, being the spiritual man I am, I considered it for about a half a second, decided it was too cold, and went home, (laughs) right? So I go home and have an uneventful evening, and we have dinner and hang out with the boys, and... And I go to bed that night, and all night long, all night long, I'm having dreams about bad things that are happening in this house. You know, water everywhere and pipes bursting and and all of these things. And so, wake up the next morning, and and I do what any good, strong man would do. I sent my wife to go check it out. (laughs) I would have loved to tell that story differently, but she would have ratted me out anyway. So i got to be honest. I sent her to go check it out. It was really one of those situations. Hey, babe, will you go check that out? i got to go to work early. Make sure there's no squatters in there. Nobody's broken in. There's not a meth lab going, anything like that. And if I don't hear anything from you, I'll just assume everything's okay, right? No. No. So she went, and, and I get a call at work. She drops the boys off at school. She goes and checks on the house. I get a call at work. She says, Ryan, I'm, I'm standing in the living room of this house, and it's 35 degrees in here. There's ice forming in the toilets upstairs. Things are just about to freeze up. Well, what happened was the inspectors came through on a warm day. They tested the heat in the HVAC system, and they didn't switch the little switch on the thermostat back to heat. And so the cold front comes through. There's ice, there's snow, all of these things. So that house had been without heat for two days straight. And God was trying to tell me, go check on the lock buoy house. He was trying to save us from disaster, and fortunately, my wife obeyed, right? We're one, so that counts for me too, right? Right. So sometimes we feel like God is saying something to us, and we're not sure, but when we see something in God's Word, I take comfort in knowing it's God, right? There's no doubt it's God. If it's in His Word, it's Him. And so today, what I love about this passage we're going to go over, is it's, it's a very direct instruction, and I need that. I'm a simple man. Very di- direct instruction. In fact, it's Jesus' last command and, and why it should be our first concern here at Orchard Church. So the title of the message is His Last Command, Our First Concern. So I want to give you a little bit of context before we start here. We're in the book of Matthew, also known as the Gospel of Matthew. And the book of Matthew chronicles Jesus' birth, life, ministry, death, burial, uh, resurrection and ascension. And I mentioned before, we're at the last chapter in this book, so most of that stuff has already happened. Um, he's already been crucified. He's already been buried in the tomb. He's already rose again. Amen. And now He has appeared to the disciples to give them one final command before He ascends to heaven. So we're going to start in verse 18. Matthew 28:18 says this, Jesus came and told His disciples, I have been given... All authority in heaven and on earth. I want to stop there just for a second. I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. I'm kind of the new guy here at Orchard Church on staff. And so sometimes people come to me with questions and I'm I'm getting better. There's more and more I can answer. Hey, what do we do? I think, well, I think we should do this. And and I get it right sometimes. But there's other times that uh, it's a question that I don't know. And I have to go to Pastor Doug because he's a higher authority and he knows more than me. So it's, hey, let's check with Doug and, and just make sure we're going in the right direction. Or we get this at home, you know, parents, children come and ask something. What's the typical response? Go ask mom, go ask dad, right? It's really fun when you bounce them back and forth for a while. My boys love that, I know. And so what Jesus is saying is, hey, there's nobody else to check with, guys. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And here's what I'm about to tell you. We go on to verse 19. It says, therefore. Therefore is one of those Bible words that when you see it, when you see the word therefore in the Bible, you have to ask, what is it there for? Because therefore is a key word that says, I'm about to tell you something very important, and it's based on what I just told you. So Jesus is telling the disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth, and this is what I'm going to tell you because of that. Verse 19 goes on to say, therefore, what church? Go. And, and what? Make disciples. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's awesome, right? Go and make disciples. That's what we're supposed to do. Very clear instruction, very clear command. But if that's, all Jesus is, if that's all Jesus wanted, is to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, he would have stopped there. He would have, but he didn't. He goes on in verse 20. It says, Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you till the end of the age. This whole passage is known as the Great Commission. The Great Commission. It's not the Great Suggestion. It's not the Great Encouragement. It's not the Great Concept. It's the Great Commission. So Jesus is saying, I have been given all authority on heaven and earth, and with that I'm telling you to do this. Go and make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to follow me. Teach them to follow me, and don't worry, don't worry, in case you're concerned about that, don't worry, I'm with you. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. No matter how bad things get, no matter how much you think you know or don't know, I am with you. So be of good cheer. This is in your notes, the Great Commission. A commission is an instruction, or a what church? A command, a command or duty given to a group, to a person or a group of people. The Great Commission is a command that Jesus gave us to go and make disciples. It's very clear. It's his last command before he sends to heaven, and it should be our first concern. So he says, go and make disciples. Teach them to follow me, and don't worry. I will be with you even until the end of the age. We can take, we can take heart in that, that we're not on our own. So what's a disciple? You can find a lot of different definitions that can be really complicated about what a disciple is but here at Orchard Church we like to boil it down to basic. A disciple, and this is in your notes, is a person who finds and follows Jesus. A person who finds and follows Jesus. Now again, I'm kinda the new guy here, but I think it would be a great idea if our mission as a church lined up with the Great Commission, right? We're here for a reason. We're here to carry out Jesus' last command, to do what he's told us to do. So our mission here at Orchard Church is this. Helping people find and follow Jesus. That's in your notes. Helping people find and follow Jesus. Say it with me, church. Helping people find and follow Jesus. One more time because we can't get enough. Helping people find and follow Jesus. You see, the Great Commission is our mission. The Great Commission is our mission. Making disciples is our mission. It was Jesus' last command. What he told us to do as disciples was to go make other disciples. And it's our first concern. And you see, everything comes back to that mission as a church. Helping people find and follow Jesus. You see, man, our worship team, weren't they great today? Amen. Man, they did a great job. Our worship team, yeah, you can celebrate them. Man, they work hard. They do a good job. Music, message, video, lights, sound host team, hospitality team, children's ministry, 200 plus volunteers every single Sunday for one reason, helping people find and follow Jesus. This building next door, did you see that when you pulled in, anybody? Man, didn't we just sign a beam yesterday? It's like it multiplied and went like a big adult Lego set and just get dropped in over there. It was awesome. It's like it sprouted right out of the ground. If you didn't see it on the way in, make sure you check it out on the way out because it was a flat piece of land last week, and it's a, most of a building this week. It's awesome. But that building, that building, guys, isn't an end in and of itself. The only reason for a facility is to facilitate our mission. The only reason for a facility is to better facilitate our mission. So with that building, we really believe that we can help more people find and follow Jesus. Amen? We can help more people find and follow Jesus. And that's great. We can get bigger over there. But you know what? Here at Orchard Church, our name isn't Sapling Church or Oak Tree Church or Redwood Church. We're not, even, we're not trying to be the biggest tree we can be. Our name is Orchard Church, right? And so we're not trying to be a giant tree. We're trying to be many trees that bear fruit for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. That involves multiplication. It's not simply getting as big as we can be. And you've heard Pastor Doug say this several times. We're not trying to get as big as we can be. We're trying to plant churches who make disciples. Amen? So our vision here at Orchard Church, and this is in your notes as well, is multiplying disciple-making churches. Say it with me, church. Multiplying disciple-making churches. Our mission is what we do every day. We help people find and follow Jesus every day. Our vision is where we're going, where where we're going to be, and that is multiplying disciple-making churches. We want to plant churches who make disciples, who plant churches who make disciples. That's the multiplication piece. So to plant churches that are excellent at making disciples, we have to be a church that is excellent at making disciples. Amen? The Bible says that things reproduce after their own kind. You don't plant an apple seed and get an orange tree. You don't plant an avocado pit and get a broccoli plant, right? You get whatever seed you plant is the tree you get. Whatever seed you plant is the tree you get. So we want to reproduce after our own kind. We want to reproduce disciple-making churches that are excellent at making disciples. We must first be that. And we're good. We are. Orchard Church is actually pretty well known for our discipleship ministry. But to plant those kind of churches, we have to go to another level, I believe, to be excellent at making disciples. So how can we at Orchard Church truly be excellent at making disciples? And that's by making Jesus' last command our first concern through our discipleship ministry, which we're calling now Me to Three. And there's the title of the series, Me to Three. So discipleship ministry isn't new to Orchard Church. But many of you have been involved in it for quite a long time. It's, it's really one of the things that Sarah and I, when we came, that's what made us stay and stick here because there was an intentional process. But discipleship ministry isn't new, but Me to Three is a new focus. On discipleship ministry, and it, and it introduced some streamlined changes to really help us be more effective at making disciples for Jesus Christ. So this is in your notes. I want you to see that Me to 3 is about multiplication through personal discipleship. Multiplication through personal discipleship. And it's based on 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, You have heard me teach... Things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now, what church teach these truths to who? Other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. So, some context there. The Apostle Paul is talking to Timothy, who is his disciple. The Apostle Paul wrote most of the New Testament. He had a disciple named Timothy who also planted churches. So, it's Paul telling Timothy, You've heard me teach these things, I received them from Jesus. You've heard me teach them, in the, and they're true because there's many reliable witnesses. So now you go teach these truths to other trustworthy people who can pass them on to others. So if you look at it, it's Paul to Timothy to trustworthy people to others. It's me to a disciple to another disciple to another disciple, or me to three Me to three. It's the biblical formula for discipleship. The biblical formula for for discipleship. Me to three. And it's how we reach our community. Commerce City, Brighton, Henderson, Hudson, Northeast Denver. It's how we reach our community for Jesus Christ. We have a short video that shows just how effective this type of multiplication can be. Now, I want to apologize in advance because the production quality is admittedly not very good. We didn't produce it, but we did find it, and we're excusing the production quality. It's not Orchard Church Standard because the content is great. It's a short video, so let's watch.
1: Ever wondered why Jesus' last command to his committed followers was to make disciples of all nations? Have you ever wondered what it would look like if Christ's most committed followers today actually carried forth that command according to the standards set forth in the New Testament by Christ and the Twelve? If an evangelist were to reach a thousand people a day for Christ in a frozen population rate, can you imagine how long it would take to reach the world for Jesus Christ? Just over 15,000 years! and imagine the spiritual maturity of these new converts, most of whom receive no real follow-up or discipleship and end up never reaching their full potential in Christ. However, if a committed follower of Christ, we'll call him Paul, or to disciple a new believer for one year, we'll call him Timothy. To the extent that Timothy matures in Christ until he is able to disciple another. For as Luke 640 says, the student will become like his teacher. So then in year two, Timothy has become a discipler himself and takes on his first student, while Paul takes on another student. By the third year, our Paul is discipling his third student, while our Timothy is discipling his second student, and our newest student is now able to make disciples as well. If the cycle is not broken, a spiritual downline is created which multiplies to the ends of the earth. Even at an accurate and growing population rate, do you know how long it would take in such a scenario to reach the entire world for Jesus Christ? Just under 37 years.
0: In just under 37 years, we can fill the whole earth with blurry stick figure people. We can. We can. No, we can fill the whole earth with disciples of Jesus Christ, right? That's why Jesus said, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples through personal discipleship. So I love that. One evangelist reaching a thousand people a day, it would take 15,000 years to fulfill the Great Commission. But committed disciples, listen to this, committed disciples who will take the time and the energy and the emotion And all the things it takes to invest in another disciple, what Paul did for Timothy, all of those things, a committed disciple who can reproduce themselves, himself or herself in someone else, and that keeps going, we can reach the entire globe in 37 years. Amen? Amen. Amen. And that's a good thing. More disciples for Jesus Christ is a good thing. So that's a major reason why we wanted to talk today, because it's not just about somebody preaching the gospel from a stage. Discipleship, the Great Commission, is fulfilled around kitchen tables, around a table at Starbucks, around a living room coffee table. And it doesn't, even, it doesn't even require a table. Jesus said nothing about tables, all right? You can do it anywhere. It doesn't have to be from a stage. You know, one of the major reasons, and I said this earlier, that Sarah and I stuck here at Orchard Church is because there was a, an intentional process for discipleship, both to become discipled and to be equipped to disciple others. The Word of God here is taught with excellence every Sunday, every single Sunday. And then we carry that out around those one-on-one meetings, and we make disciples. We make disciples to fulfill the Great Commission. So even before I decided to join staff this year, man, I, Sarah and I, we sat out here every Sunday. We're members of Orchard Church for several years. I got involved in our discipleship ministry very early because we saw the power and the passion in it. And I've personally been blessed by the relationships I've formed in that ministry. I wouldn't have formed them any other way. I have four guys in my time here at Orchard Church that I've been blessed to go through the discipleship process with. Four guys. You know what? Those four guys are guys that I know that when stuff hits the fan and stuff hits the fan sometimes, when I know that I can talk to them. Those are the four guys that I can ask for prayer. Those are the four guys that I can say, hey man, I'm struggling at this. Those are the four guys that I know if I need something at two in the morning, which hopefully I don't need anything at two in the morning except sleep, right? But if I need something at two in the morning, those guys are on the short list of who I call because we have relationship. You don't get that kind of relationship on Sunday morning. You don't get that kind of relationship even in small group. You get that kind of relationship in discipleship. And I've also been blessed in these four guys to see spiritual growth in them and in me, in the process. It is very fulfilling when you see somebody go through trouble, circumstances, things in their life, challenges, and you see them overcome by the Word of God and by the power of His Spirit. There is nothing better than that. Paul was fulfilled, took joy in Timothy. And, and the reason he took joy in Timothy is because Timothy overcame so much and he made other disciples. So I just want to give you a, a living example of a Meta 3 chain in process. Three pretty handsome guys there, amen? <laughs> nah, that wasn't a j- Did I tell a joke? <laughs> I don't think that was a joke. I expected some applause, at least from our wives, but maybe they're not in here. Um, so that, thank you, thank you. Got one pity clap, thank you. Um, that's me on the left. Uh, I discipled Mr. Artie Manfredi. He was the first, first man that I took through discipleship, and Artie and I spent... Uh, spent time together going through God's word, forming a relationship, praying, and, uh, and really grew close in relationship. And Artie went on to disciple Mr. Tim Roberts. And Artie and Tim have formed that relationship and have carried on the discipleship tradition through there. And Tim, this next month, will, will go through discipleship training and be equipped to disciple somebody else. So that's a me-to-three chain in progress. There's me, to Artie, to Tim, to somebody else and it'll keep going. And as it keeps going through Tim, it'll keep going through me, and it'll keep going through Artie. And those filling the globe in 37 years, that practically is what it looks like. That's what it looks like. We think it's supposed to be this big, giant, ginormous global event. But you know what? It happens right there. Right there. So you have this in your notes. Me to three, number one, teaches people to follow Jesus and equips them to help others do the same. It teaches people to follow Jesus and equips them to disciple others. And that's why discipleship ministry works. That's why it works. It puts Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12 into practice. And when Sarah and I saw that happening here, we knew we wanted to be part of Orchard Church. When I continued to see it happen here, I knew I wanted to get involved even more. And that's an ultimate decision on why I decided to join staff because you know what? Ephesians 4, 11, and 12 is put into practice, which says this. Now, these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. And their responsibility is to do everything, to teach everyone, to make sure that everybody gets discipled. No, that's not what it says. It says to equip God's people If you're here today and you know Jesus Christ, you are God's people. To equip God's people to do His work. And what's His work? Jesus' last command to us was, Go and make disciples. That's His work. To do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Ephesians 4.11 So you know what? We're not all apostles. We're not all prophets. We're not all evangelists. We're not all pastors and we're not all teachers. But you know what? We are all God's people, and we are all ministers to be equipped to do His work. So if we're here today, we have a responsibility to carry out Jesus' last command and make it our first concern. And meet a three is a way to do that, to minister in an intentional and effective process. Not just, hey, go make some disciples. Guys, I've been in churches where that, that was how we did it. Hey, go, go disciple someone. <laughs> how? Who? When? Why? What? We answer all those questions in meet to Three. So what is that process? Well, that process is individuals meeting one-on-one. One-on-one. As Orchard Church gets bigger, we have to get smaller. It doesn't get smaller than one-on-one. Relationship, one-on-one. And here's, for those of you that have been in discipleship or maybe started discipleship at one point, here's a big change that you're going to love. You're going to love. We used to do 18 lessons in our book, 18 lessons, if you do one of those a week, you could get through it in roughly almost six months. But you know, life happens, obviously. And so those weekly meetings sometimes get spread out a little bit. We try not to, but it happens. So what would happen is it would take six to, nine and six to nine months and sometimes as long as a year to go through discipleship. That's the way it used to be. Now, with Me to Three and the New Focus and the streamlined Changes, we are pairing those 18 lessons down to 10. And they're the 10 most important out of that book. They're the 10 that will help you understand God's Word will open up his scripture to you and equip you to be able to share it with others. So think about this. Ten lessons. Ten weeks. Spread it out to twelve because life happens. Three months. That's a season. It's almost spring. If you started today, you could be discipled by summer. If you started discipling somebody today, you could disciple them by summer. It's three months. Much, much shorter. It's a great change. So how else does that work? Well, we match people one-on-one. And you know what? We don't just throw people together. Yeah, you two look good. Go. No. There's an intentional process. We match people by gender, ladies with ladies, men with men, similar demographics, similar interests, similar kind of places in our lives, similar schedules, most of all, as much as we can. There's a lot of heart, a lot of effort, a lot of work that goes into that matching process, a lot of prayer that goes into that matching process to make sure we're putting people together the right way. And in those pairs, there's one that's a discipler, somebody that's been discipled already, has gone through discipleship training class, and has now been equipped to share with a disciple, the other person. The disciple is there to be equipped, to learn to better better follow Jesus, to learn how to follow Him. So this is in your notes. There's three goals in that process. Three overall goals in the meta Three Discipleship Ministry are number one, relational. Relational. Discipleship is about relationship. That one-on-one meeting, those, those times you spend together, those hours you spend with one another, it's about relationship. And as Orchard Church gets bigger, and we are getting bigger, and we will continue to get bigger, that's the way you can form those tight relationships. You may not be able to know everyone, but you can know someone. And more importantly, someone can know you. And so when you have those times when things happen, you have someone you can call. You have someone who you can pour out to, and you have someone who can pray for you. As we build this building next door, guys, the need's just going to get bigger. The community's going to come. There are people who need, to be, need help to find and follow Jesus. And we're going to need to build relationships with them. We're going to need to build relationships with one another. We're going to need to be equipped. I have personally been blessed by the relationships I've formed with the men I've discipled. This, so the first goal is relational. The second goal is spiritual. Spiritual. And that's not to say that spiritual is less important than relational, but we're just putting them in an order. So the second one on your list is spiritual. You explore God's Word together in a structured way, first of all. I have so many people that come and say, I want to I read my Bible. I want to spend more time in the Word of God. I just don't know where to start. I don't, that's a big book. It's 66 books. I mean, it's big. I don't know where to start. Mita 3 gives us a way to go through it in a structured way. Those 10 lessons will open up your understanding of God's Word, equip you to share it with others. And, you know, more importantly is you talk. You talk about God's Word. You share what God's saying to you in the Bible. You share what God's saying to you in a certain passage. And the other person shares what's, what's being said to them. And you talk those things through. And you share your experiences. And you pray for one another. And you grow. You grow spiritually. I know there's times in our lives, in our spiritual walk, we can feel like we're dry. We can feel like we haven't progressed. We can feel like we're dead weight almost in our own lives. But this is a way to make sure that we continually spiritually grow. So the first was relational. The second was spiritual. The third goal is reproducible, reproducible. You know what? Because disciples, as we saw in 2 Timothy 2.2, disciples make disciples who make disciples. Disciples make disciples who make disciples. Paul, to Timothy, to trustworthy people, to others. It's a fulfilling thing. Paul was fulfilled seeing Timothy. I've been fulfilled seeing the chain of men that I've discipled. Because you know what? Healthy things reproduce. Healthy things reproduce. Healthy things grow. Healthy things reproduce. We want to be a healthy church. One of our values is we focus on church health, which fosters church growth. We want to be healthy. So once you and your disciple is to be reproducible, once you and your disciple have gone through those 10 lessons, and now you've you've completed those things, you can go to the next discipleship training class, just like Tim is, and you can be equipped to disciple others and carry on the chain. And the process continues. The key to it all is reproduction. The key to it all is reproduction. And this is in your notes. Because me to three is not one and done, but me to three. Say that with me, church. Not one and done, but me to three. Pastor Doug has some more to say about that in a short video, so let's watch.
2: You may be wondering, what is discipleship? What does it look like? What am I signing up for? We'd like to give you a behind the scenes look. Here at Orchard Church, we pair our disciples or newer believers with a discipler, a more mature believer of the same gender, similar demographics, interests, and schedules. They meet each week to build a friendship while learning God's word together. There are three goals for discipleship at Orchard. The first goal is relational, to build a relationship and a friendship by meeting regularly with another believer. When Jesus made disciples, he wasn't a part-time tutor, he was a full-time friend. The second goal is spiritual, to develop a growing personal relationship with Jesus through Bible study and prayer. Our discipleship pairs each do the same lesson in their workbook and then come together weekly to discuss what they have learned. There are 10 lessons in all. These lessons cover the basic foundational principles of the Bible and answer questions like who is God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit? What does the Bible say about baptism and communion? How does God talk to me? Why is church important? How do I share my faith with others? So our goals for discipleship are relational, spiritual, and then the third goal is reproducible. Once a disciple has completed the 10 lessons, they are invited to go to a training class so they have the opportunity to share with someone else what God has done in their life through discipleship. Simply put, disciples make disciples who make disciples. Here are a few testimonies from people who are involved in our discipleship ministry.
0: Discipleship has helped me grow my faith and my relationship both with God and, and other people. You know, it's helped me get through some pretty tough times in my life and helped me to look and be thankful for those times and to be uh, joyful in, in the great times. It's really helped strengthen my faith, strengthen my trust in God, and really build relationship with other believers.
2: It meant having a relationship with another godly person that I could discuss and study the Bible with and also pray with.
0: Discipleship has changed my life for the better because um, it showed me how God speaks to me and how to hear Him through the Bible and, uh, and then now also hearing it from other people, how they work through it has been amazing as well.
1: Discipleship has helped me to continue to pursue my relationship with the Lord. I've been around church you know, pretty much my entire life, but there's still some great things and great simple reminders that I needed. It's also helped me to connect with other people within the church and develop some wonderful relationships. Discipleship um, has just helped me connect the dots of who God is and who I am in Him. and It's also helped me to develop a relationship with other women.
2: Jesus spent His entire public ministry investing His life in His disciples. Matthew 28, 19 records Jesus' last words where He commands us to go and make disciples of all nations. Here at Orchard Church, we wanna make sure that Jesus' last command is our first concern. Our vision here at Orchard Church is to multiply disciple-making churches. I wanna encourage you to consider to sign up for discipleship today, whether that's to be discipled so you can grow in your faith or to be a disciple to help someone else to grow in their walk with the Lord and their faith. I promise it's something you will not regret. I have people tell me all the time here at Orchard Church, after being in discipleship for six months, I learned more about the Word of God and my walk with the Lord than any time in my entire life. So don't delay. Sign up today. You won't regret it as we together help people in this community find and follow
0: Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, if you're here today and... You think, wow, I would really like to be in closer relationship with people. I'd really like to grow spiritually, to learn the Word of God, to learn to follow Jesus. Uh, and maybe you're here today and you've, you've never made a decision for Christ. Well, it starts with finding Him, but then we learn how to follow Him. And we have an intentional process here at Orchard Church to be able to do that. So if you want relationship, you want to learn how to find and follow Jesus. And you want, most of all, to be able to go through the process, be equipped to share your faith with somebody else. Because there's somebody out there who needs what you have. There's somebody out there who needs what you have to offer, what you have to give, your wisdom, your experience, your view on the Word of God, your helping hand, your prayers, your relationship with them. There's somebody even in this room who needs what somebody else in this room has. And so I I implore you today that if God is working on your heart to, to become more involved in making His last command your first concern, because we all are ministers and we all have a responsibility to carry it out, You have a connection card in your newsletter. I want to encourage you to just take that out and make a decision today to get involved in discipleship ministry. Because discipleship is not a program. Discipleship is a ministry, and it's not just a ministry, it is the ministry at Orchard Church. Jesus' last command is our first concern. His last command is our first concern, to go and make disciples. And discipleship happens one-on-one. Discipleship happens in a personal way. And when we do that and we're intentional about it we change not only our own lives but somebody else's and somebody else's and somebody else's and heaven will be populated with somebody that's downstream 50 generations from where you started instead of me to three it might be me to a thousand it might be me to a million you don't know who that person in your line is who can, who can reach his corner his or her corner of the world for Christ so I implore you today if you're here and you want to be discipled. You say, hey, I, I need to know the Word of God better. I need that relationship. I need that spiritual component. I need that. Fill out your name, your email address, and your telephone number. And then just check the box that says discipleship on the back side. I'm interested in discipleship. Or if you're here today and you're a mature believer, you've, you've known the Lord for a long time, but maybe you've never invested yourself and helping fulfill Jesus' last command. There's somebody here that needs you. There's somebody here that needs what you have to offer. So you do the same thing. Write your name, your email address, your telephone number. Mark discipleship on the back. Send it in. Our staff at the office will sort out who's who. You'll get some communication via email that asks some questions, and they'll be able to sort out who's there to be discipled, who's there to be a discipler. Or maybe you started discipleship at one point in the past, but life happened and got in the way and you stopped. You didn't get through the process. Now is the time to restart. Now is the time to restart. There's going to be a building full of people over there that need what you have to give. Or maybe you finished discipleship at one point and you just never went on to this discipleship training. Now is the time. Now is the time. Jesus' last command is our first concern. So while you fill out these cards, I'm going to pray for you. bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, for these who are making a decision, I just ask that you'd give them wisdom and discernment and guidance and the faith and the encouragement necessary to go ahead and make the choice to learn more, to learn more, to learn more about discipleship. Father, I ask that you would give them peace in their heart knowing that you are with us always. Jesus said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So even though he said it 2,000 plus years ago, he's with us today. We're not on our own. Father, I pray for these who make that decision today, that you'd give them wisdom and guidance. Amen. I just want to talk to you one piece that I neglected to mention. If you mark discipleship, you fill it out, you drop this in the offering bucket, you're not committing to anything yet other than, I want more information. I want to know how I can be used to help make Jesus' last command our first concern. And maybe you're here today and you hear about discipleship, but you've never made the decision to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And again, to you, I say now is the time. Because the Bible says that when we seek the Lord with all our heart, we find Him. And so to find Him is the first step in following Him. And today is a great day to find Him, amen? Today is a great day to find Him. The Bible also tells us that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned, and we all need a Savior. And Jesus is the only one who can be that Savior. So in a second here, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray a prayer. There's no magic words to it. There's nothing magic about the prayer itself. But there is what counts is the faith behind the words that make them true in your heart. So if you're here today, and you've never accepted Jesus Christ... And you want to find him so you can follow him. Just repeat after me in your heart as I pray. With everybody's head bowed. Jesus, I need you. I seek you with all my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. And be my Lord and Savior. I give you my life, Lord. Lord and I receive your grace with every head still bowed in an attitude of prayer if you prayed that prayer in your heart with me today and you meant it to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior will you just slip up your hand for me I'd like to pray for you specifically got one here I see your hand young man up there I see a young man young person anybody else anybody else now's a great day now's a great day Father, I thank you for these. I thank you for these that have made a decision to follow you today. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into our lives, being our Lord and Savior, and forgiving us of our sin. And Lord, we just thank you that we can find and follow you, that you make yourself available to us. So Father, I ask that you would come alongside these. Lord, that you'd show them the next steps to follow you. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Can we just celebrate the new additions to God's kingdom today? Amen. Amen. If you're a guest with us today, in a moment we're going to close in a song of worship. But if you're a guest with us today, it's your first time here at Orchard Church. I hope you filled out that guest connection card. Go ahead and put your name, your your mailing address, and on the back just to indicate that you're a first-time guest, we have a free gift to send to you in the mail. Nobody's going to show up at your door, but we would like to uh, just thank you for worshiping with us today. Um, We're not interested in your money today, first-time guest, but we are interested in you. So go ahead and drop that in there. If you made a decision to find out more about discipleship, please drop that in the offering bucket as well as it goes by. So let's stand, let's close in a song of worship as we worship with our tithes and offerings because we want to be a church that acts our wage by giving first Saving second, and living on the rest. Pastor Doug will be back next week for week two of Me To Three. God bless you, Orchard Church. Love you guys.